Well, good morning. As we continue our series on uh, God is and talking about attributes of God, I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit of uh, how I see God as creator. And so naturally, as we talk about creation, we should first look to Genesis and uh, to our creation story. Um, and we will summarize the whole of the creation story and then jump into our scripture. So the opening of, chap- of the uh, chapters in the Bible begins with these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The sentence summarizes the drama, if you will, that would soon unfold. We learn from the text that the earth was formless, empty, and dark, and God's spirit moved among the waters, preparing to perform God's creative work. God then began to speak into his existence all of creation, and a day-by-day account follows. So allow me to just set the stage as to what our scripture reading would entail. On the first day, God created the light and separated the light from the darkness and called the light day and the darkness night. On the second day, God created an expanded uh, expanse to separate the waters and called it sky. On the third day, God created dry ground and gathered the waters, calling the dry ground land and the gathered waters sea. On day three, God also created vegetations, all of the trees and all of the plants. And then on day four, God created the sun and the moon and the stars, to give light to the earth and to govern the separation between night and day. And these would also serve as signs and mark seasons through days and years. On day five, God created every living creature of the sea and every winged bird and blessed them to multiply and fill the waters and the skies with life. And then on day six, Just before God rested on day seven, God created the animals to fill the earth, and God also created humanity in God's own image to be in community with us, as we are in community with God. And God blessed all the humans and gave them every part of creation for them to rule over, to care for, and to cultivate. This is where we find ourselves in our scripture reading this morning. So join me in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 31, as we hear the words of the Lord. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our own image to resemble us, so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, all the earth, and all crawling things, on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and every crawling, everything crawling on the ground. And God said, I now give you all the plants of the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produce its seeds within. 
these will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds of the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give you green grass for food. And that's what happened. God saw that everything he had made, and it was supremely good. Then there was evening, and then there was morning, the sixth day. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. So on the sixth day of creation, God populates the realm of the earth and all of its vegetations with land animals and us, humankind. And although we share the sixth day of creation with other animals, humans are God's final and climatic creative act in this account of the creation story. Now, this passage, we are given two kind of big concepts I think that I would like to highlight today as we see God as creator. The first concept being us being created in the divine image of God and what that might look like or what that means for us, especially as we look to concept number two, having dominion or rule over creation as granted by the creator. And hopefully together we'll better understand the interconnectional relationship with all of God's handiwork we are called to and the interconnectional relationship we are called to with one another. So, if we read from other ancient texts and their accounts of the origins of the world, we would discover that in almost all of those texts, the creation of humanity is something accidental. But we read from Genesis, and we discover that God created humankind with intent and purpose. After all, we are created in God's divine image. But what does that mean exactly? I see the image of God as our status. We are created in the image of God. We bear the image of God. We are the image of God. So if we again look to the culture surrounding ancient Israel, we find that kings were viewed as the image of God. Kings in the ancient world represent the divine world. Structurally, kings were on top, the priests were below them as mediators, and then there were common folk, those below the priest. And the common folk served the king, and it was as if they were serving the gods of the heavens. The kings in the ancient world would create elaborate statues of themselves, representing uh, to their subjects all the power and sovereignty that they, hold, that they held. So as we read uh, this passage from the lens of our ancestors, we have to come to appreciate how powerful these words were and the weight that they carried. To them, not only kings bared the image of God, but everyone Every single human being bared the image of God. And although they didn't always get it right either, this is a countercultural counter story being narrated by our ancestors that believed in the sanctity of all human beings and the innate worth everyone held. 
But this passage also tells us that being created in God's divine image comes with a certain set of responsibilities as well. The image of God is who we are, but it also reflects that the image of God in us is the way in which we are to operate with the whole of creation. Humanity seems to be God's special creation according to Scripture. We do, see, we do seem to share the same day of creation as other animals, which does speak to the related, relatedness that we share with other ones, uh, other life beings, and how we're all intertwined. For example, animals often help us with our labors. Plants often provide us oxygen, the oxygen we need, and water and vegetations provide us with nutrients, and so on and so on. But in this text this morning, we see that humanity has a special role in state from all other living beings. All of the other creatures have the breath of life just like we do, but God physically breathed the breath of life into human existence later on in chapter 2. And that, that does make us special. So special, in fact, that God gave humanity a unique role. God gave humanity rule and dominance over creation. Now, some interpret that to mean that God has given human beings free reign of nature, and we are free to do whatever we want with it. However, dominance isn't necessarily the same thing as, uh, I'm sorry, dominion isn't the, necessarily the same thing as dominance. God has entrusted the world to us as human beings after recognizing the power we have. And that power is not to be abused, but exercised with the utmost care. Humans have been created to rationalize in ways that other living beings can't. This comes with a higher level of responsibility. God has entrusted the planet to our care and to our oversight, but not to our disposal. Recognizing that our planet is not in the best of shape as it sits now, we have to ask ourselves, what kind of environment do we wish to leave behind for future generations? What should the planet and Earth look like for the kids that sit in our congregations today? What should the planet look like for the kids that come after them? We're not gonna spend a lot of time here because I truly and wholeheartedly believe that that is totally a, another sermon or two in itself. But as we come to uh, understand God as creator and God's image in us, we recognize the responsibility we hold to care for all of creation. So as we come to understand how we are all intertwined in this world together, I kind of want to think about this. And it may seem just a little bit off topic, but it's something that God has been speaking to me this week. God is the creator. I think we can all agree on that. God created us not only to be part of creation, but to also be caretakers of all things on earth. And I think we can agree on that too. 
So if we are part of creation and also charged with caring for creation, then I think it's safe to assume that we are to care for one another. Are you following me? So caring for one another means that we recognize the divine image placed in all people around us, even those we might disagree with or be different from. And yes, this includes political disagreements. That being said, I have been so discouraged with all the ongoing political battles we have faced in this nation, especially in part to this past week. In a world of unprecedented diversity, we have intentionally and sometimes unintentionally isolated ourselves from the variety in which God has created. We have stopped having conversations with one another and no longer see the image of God in all beings as our ancestors wrote about in our scripture reading today. We have all been subject to this harm and we have all actively created this harm. So as I reflected recently, I think it's time that we start being vulnerable with one another and engage in these hard conversations that we face, not only as a world or a church or a culture, but as a people together. It's important that we have these conversations as we seek to restore peace and justice with the whole of creation. Throughout grade school, we often refer to the United States as a melting pot, a metaphor that honors the diversity we in this state experience, the diversity of race, the diversity of culture, you name it. But this metaphor too misses the mark, in my opinion, because it implies that we all have to be melted down and molted into the same opinion, the same values, or the same way of life. But I prefer that we look at the United States and maybe other parts of the world to be known more as a potluck, a place of a wide table, a place of a wide table full of ver uh, variety, full of spices and flavors and textures, a place where we can all bring our differences but sit down and be in community with one another. I want to live in a world where we can hold our differences but respect and love one another in the midst of our disagreements and div divisions. Because at the end of the day, every human being is created, valued, and loved in the image of God. And there's nothing that will change that. So to restore civility, we have to see each other as children's of, as children of God and not enemies playing for different teams. So my challenge to you this holiday season and as we go forward into the holiday seasons is that we get rid of that old adage and start talking with one another about our politics and our religion and our differences at the dinner table. Now more than ever, it is time for us to be in conversation with one another. 
It's time for us to be opened to engage in hard, difficult topics and to be ready to share our truth in love. But it's also time for us to be open to listening to someone else's truth as we seek to understand and not necessarily to change minds. Church, we were created in love to be in love with God. We were created to love our planet and to take good care of it. We were created to love one another as God loves each and every one of us. So let us seek ways to live out our lives in the divine image of our creator that not only creates us, but creates every living, living being. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit.